Hi, I'm Jim Paolino, CEO of Lodestar Software Solutions and the host of Lodestar's Landing Leaders. On this podcast, we bring in thought leaders from across the real estate industry and occasionally outside of it to have conversations that are insightful, interesting, and impactful. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Lodestar's Landing Leaders. Today, we have a very special guest and a little bit of a detour based off uh, the typical things that we cover. Our guest today is Anthu Nguyen. Uh, she is the founder and president of an organization that Lodestar is supporting Asian women in aerospace and aviation. Uh, she is a pilot, a doctoral candidate in aerospace engineering at Georgia Tech, founder of the nonprofit Asian Women in Aerospace and Aviation that I just mentioned. Um, and she is currently um, planning to be the ninth woman to circumnavigate the globe solo, um, flying, obviously. So just have to do that. So, um, Anthu, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really excited to talk about something way different um, than, than we typically cover here. Thank you, Jim. I want to thank you and I want to thank Lodestar for, uh, for being a, a bronze sponsor to our, our organization and for allowing mm-hmm. me to share my story, uh, my passion for aviation and my mission to empower and inspire uh, more Asian women and in general mm-hmm. inspire others to follow their dreams in aviation or their mm-hmm. dreams in life in general. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate this opportunity. Well, we're, we're happy to have you. And something that we talk about so much is the importance of role models in our industry. And you're doing so much within aviation to be a role model for, for Asian Americans, for women um, throughout the globe. So it's, it's just so inspiring to see. Um, but to, to get started, what made you want to be a pilot in the first place? Uh, I think it, it starts with a lot of passion and, and desire. I was I was born in a small village, uh, in, in a rural village in the middle and south central region of Vietnam. And I I lived there until I was 12 years old. And we didn't mm-hmm. have electricity until I was 11. So you can imagine living in this sort of primitive uh, lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know. But I had airplanes fly above me, mm-hmm. and that was just so captivating and so fascinating. And, and I was always looking up, you know. But I think that was just so. Uh, out of my reach or out of any child's reach in that sort of environment, you know, but I had that dream and I had that desire that one day if only I could touch that plane, you know, mm-hmm. if only I could be at the controls. But uh, again, that was just something so un- unbelievable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, so when I came to the United States, when I was 12 years old, I, uh, I told a few friends that I had this passion for aviation and immediately I was discouraged. And immediately mm-hmm. I was told that, oh, your dream will change as you grow up, something mm-hmm. like that. But it never changed, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, when I was 16 years old, I told my dad I wanted to um, join the Air Force. But obviously, my dad is a very conservative uh, Vietnamese man, mm-hmm. uh, Asian man. And immediately he said that was not an option for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, at 16 years old, there's not much you can do, you know, but when I turned 18, guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took it into my own hands. Uh, I enrolled myself in a flight school mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and I, I went on from there, but it was not without struggles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even from the time you enrolled in flight school, then how do you go from 
beginning to start that to actually becoming a licensed pilot to then even going a step further and saying, hey, I'm going to be the ninth woman ever to fly around the globe. Right. So when I started uh, flight school, I was, only, I think, 18 or 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I was making $6 an hour mm -hmm. and flight lessons were costing between $150 to $200 an hour. So you can mm -hmm. imagine how many hours I had to work. I had to work all week so that I could fly for one hour. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a passion. <laughs> so that's passion and determination for you. And mm -hmm. it, it takes typically 40 hours uh, is a requirement for you to become become a pilot. But mm -hmm. the national average is about 65 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, you know, I had such a struggle. Uh, I my, my family didn't have the financial resources for me to do this, and they were not supporting me. So uh, I had to do all of this by myself. And mm -hmm. being in college, uh, I, I had a scholarship to go to Purdue, but it was for mathematics. It was not for aviation. So mm -hmm. I, had, I had to study math. And then mm -hmm. on the side, I wanted to do this because this is my real passion. So at one point, you know, I, I didn't have anything else uh, to rely on. I had to sleep in my car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to sleep at the airport. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was a hard journey. And, you know, it took mm -hmm. me actually eight years to get my first license. Wow. And normally it should only take you six months. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, uh, facing all the financial, financial struggles was what took me so long. Yeah. And then finally, when I got a job uh, after gra graduating from college, that was when I could get my license. Mm -hmm. And when I got my first job, it only took me three months to get my license. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think having that support system and having the financial resources are very, very important to the success of a pilot. Mm -hmm. And then once you got your license, uh, your pilot license, what was the journey then from that point to where you are now to founding your organization to, you know, taking up the cause that you're, you're supporting now? Um, so after I got my license, um, I think it's, it's every pilot's dream to do this uh, fly around the world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I started thinking about it about, uh, I want to say about seven, eight years ago when I read a story about another earth rounder. Uh, mm -hmm. who, who, who wanted to do this. And I thought, wow, this is such an inspirational journey, you know, and, and um, being an Asian American, being Vietnamese American, I think I've had so many struggles mm -hmm. in terms of visibility and discrimination. And I wanted to be that voice to the next Asian girl who wants to do this. I wanted mm -hmm. to be that inspiration for someone who looks like me, you know, and, and I can give you an example. One time I was at an airport Mm -hmm. And I was instructing in my uniform like this, and um, an Asian girl approached me, and she was basically screaming and hugging me. You know, she was mm -hmm. so excited to see me. She's like, "You're Asian. You have long hair, and you're an instructor." Like that was just yeah. beyond her imagination. You mm -hmm. know, and with that excitement, I think that's like the positive encouragement for me to um, to to want to outreach glo globally. Mm -hmm. uh, to to impact more young lives like like that um, mm -hmm. and another story is when I was um, going through an FBO which is uh, a fixed base operator for for small airplanes and uh, the doors didn't open for me mm -hmm. and that was and I thought the sensors were not working mm -hmm. but that wasn't the case the doors mm -hmm. didn't open because the clerk didn't think I was a pilot Mm -hmm. So I was not allowed to go through the doors, you know, and mm -hmm. so I, I had to be checked, although I was in uniform, I had to be checked. 
Yeah. And I think uh, that's because there's not enough visibility. Mm -hmm. uh, so these two things really encouraged me to to come up with this uh, with my nonprofit organization, which is mm -hmm. to create more visibility, create more of us, more mm -hmm. Asian women. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on the next generation. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the more uh, children see people who look like them, I think that's going to be an important factor in supporting their future. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And talking a little about that struggle, that's you know such a shame the things that you had to deal with to get to this point. Um, but just you know, a testament to your resiliency. Do you feel like that's gotten even more challenging in the last year? Um, I think. I, I think so. The last year has mm -hmm. had a lot of uh, impacts on, on many, many lives. I think mm -hmm. even for uh, uh, Asian Americans who are at the highest positions, you know, for me, I've been harassed uh, mm -hmm. and attacked, uh, you know, walking down the streets last year, you know, which is something that I, I, I didn't think about. And it's mm -hmm. something that didn't become so obvious to me, you know, but mm -hmm. uh but I think it matters that, that Asian people, Asian women specifically, have a voice. You know, we need mm -hmm. to be, we need to be seen as powerful. We need to be mm -hmm. seen as influential, uh, so that we're not being stereotyped uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or objectified as something that we're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, th I think on the other side, they're just people have to just. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous just to think of how how that blame gets shifted towards different groups and right. and what's happening. Um, you mentioned a lot about about role models and truly being one now. Growing up, did you have role models that made you think you could be a pilot, or were you just the whole time picturing yourself as that role model, kind of future and through as that person? Uh, I think growing up, I didn't have a female figure. Uh, mm -hmm. as a role model because in my in my family in my community women are not encouraged are not supported to pursue mm -hmm. something outside of the home you know so I think mm -hmm. it was very challenging for me to think out of the box although mm -hmm. I was always thinking out of the box even as a child I wanted to do things differently but I was always being suppressed you know I was mm -hmm. always being put into the box which I fought to get outside of yeah. and I think uh, for any, any girl, for any child, you know, especially Asian woman living in this uh, stereotype society, you know, we, mm -hmm. we need to have that support system for us to grow personally and professionally. You know, mm -hmm. not having that system for, for me just took so much longer for me mm -hmm. to get to where I am. And what kept you going during that time? Was it just every time you got to be in the air that just kind of justified everything that you were going through? Like, what was the, the thing that motivated you through that? You know, even as a child, I always had this passion yeah. and, 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 and determination came with this passion, you know, because mm -hmm. I knew I didn't have anyone or anything to rely on. I mm -hmm. knew it was just me. And I started flying even before social media and the Internet, you know, so mm -hmm. I didn't have any connections, no, net, no network. So it was very, very challenging. But I knew mm -hmm. in my heart that this is what I wanted to do for the mm -hmm. rest of my life. And there's no one else to do it for me but mm -hmm. me. You know, so you just yeah. you just have to follow follow your dreams and whatever you can envision, mm -hmm. you know, you can achieve. And, and mm -hmm. I believe in it. That's it's just such an amazing message. So tell me a little bit more about Asian women in aerospace and aviation. When did you start it? What the organization looks like? The types of things that you're working on? Uh, so Asian women in aerospace and, and aviation 
uh, has several pillars uh, to our nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. One is to promote the education of young Asian women in aerospace and aviation. We want to mm -hmm. create more visibility, uh, awareness, and empowerment for opportunities in aerospace and aviation. We want to inspire the next generation of Asian female pilots and aerospace engineers through education, activities, and mentoring. And we mm -hmm. want to provide opportunities to those interested uh, through science, technology, engineering, aviation, and mathematics, mm -hmm. through classes, flight training, and mentoring. Um, and I think these opportunities will encourage and empower more Asian women to get into these fields. As you know, you know these are the least diverse fields in the industries right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, as, a, as an engineer myself, I can, I can certainly attest to that. And I was shocked to see, too, um, in the information you provided, that only 6% of all uh, pilots uh, are are women, um, and I'm sure the the Asian women within that is even even tinier of a fraction. Of it's course, less than one percent. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so what? Um, from starting the organization, from getting your pilot site license, at what point did you think that um, being a um, what do you say an Earth rounder? I didn't know that was a term, so I'm excited to use it. <laughs> at what point did you did you say like this is something that I not only want to do but think I can do? Uh, so in 20, I've, I've started thinking about this seriously in 2018. Uh, mm -hmm. And in 2019, uh, we I formalized the, the organization officially. And I think the, the two issues that I mentioned to you before, you know, have, being discriminated and mm -hmm. also uh, on, on the negative side of things and on the positive side, I was getting all this support whenever a young girl would see me. So these things really encouraged me to think that this is something that I need to do to get mm -hmm. that not just locally, you know, but to get that global outreach. And as we were discussing earlier, you know, my message, my story has inspired millions, mm -hmm. millions of people, you know, to pursue their dreams, especially in, in aviation. So I think mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's a great message to send to people, mm -hmm. uh, people who can, uh, who find my story very relatable, because mm -hmm. you know, I think every one of us needs some inspiration at, at some point in our life to get through the obstacles that we're facing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even once um, we have uh, an employee who's a friend of yours who sent this information to us, and we were so excited to, to become a Thank supporter you. early on. But I remember just staring at the map of what it's going to look like to go around the world. I would love to hear a little bit about that, of how you plan, how you train, how many days is it going to take? Because I was just kind of looking at all the different points, looking at the different legs. Um, it, it would love to hear a little more about what that actually looks like just logistically. Uh, so logistically, I can tell you a bit about our, our, our flight. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about 26,000 nautical miles. Mm -hmm. And we'll pro I'm proposing to take off approximately on May 15, 2022. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to start from Atlanta, Georgia, going through mm -hmm. Boston to Goose Bay, Canada, to mm -hmm. Greenland, Iceland, basically eastbound uh, to mm -hmm. Madrid, uh, Naples, and going through uh, Asia mm -hmm. and and then going back to my village where oh, I was wow. born, yes, uh, in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from there, uh, going to um, Honolulu uh, mm -hmm. and then back to uh, Los Angeles and then Denver and then Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And the longest leg is going to be the leg from uh, Honolulu to uh, California. And I'm going to be uh, crossing North America, Europe, Asia and Australia. Mm -hmm. And how long is that longest leg? 
Uh, so that longest lake is about 2,100 nautical miles. Mm -hmm. And I we're guesstimating that will take me about 10 hours. Oh, wow. It's mm -hmm. a, a lot of flight time. And how <laughs> many from, from start to finish, from taking off in Georgia, going eastbound, and, and then coming back? How long does that take? You know, not quite around the world in 80 days, I'm guessing. Uh, so I, it's going to, we're, we're planning for about 45 days. And that would uh, take into account the flight time as, as well mm -hmm. as the time that I'm going to take on the ground to do outreach opportunities to young mm -hmm. girls. I think it's very important for them, uh, not just to hear my story, but to see me, to see mm -hmm. the airplane. And hopefully I can show you, I can show them the airplane and what it's like and what it's like to sit uh, at the controls. And I think that would encourage, uh, you know, the, the, the girls to have that, to have the inspiration. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's absolutely wonderful. It was so cool to just to see what that's looking like. I couldn't even wrap my head around kind of something like that and taking that journey. So, you know, you, you go, you spend 45 days, you circumnavigate the globe. Um, you're working on getting a, a doctoral um, or a PhD in aerospace engineering. What happens after that? What's your vision for, you know, going beyond finishing that journey, finishing your degree, growing the organization? What does that look like? In, you know, beyond 2022. Thank you for asking me that. So I have a mm -hmm. goal uh, for the organization and our goal basically is to increase the number of Asian women in aerospace and aviation. As you mm -hmm. know, the, these numbers are very low in these fields. So mm -hmm. I, um, I ideally, I like to train about 100 Asian women per year mm -hmm. to get their license. And I think the FAA average is if, if I'm not wrong, 500, uh, 500 women pilots per year. And I wanna contribute to that growth because wow. historically uh, mm -hmm. uh, we have just occupied 5% of, mm -hmm. the, uh, of the pilot population. And I think that mm -hmm. number has been consistent during the last five, 10 decades. You know, it's been mm -hmm. like that forever. So I think whatever we can do uh, to, to enhance that number, to increase that number, is going to be uh, powerful for us as a, as a community. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that makes, you know, a, a ton of sense. Um, kind of to, to wrap things up a little bit, if, if, if someone wants to support the organization, support you, find out more information, what's the, the uh, easiest um, place to find you? Uh, so the easiest place to find me would be uh, on my Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, pilot uh, underscore A-N-H underscore T-H-U. Uh, mm -hmm. That's my name. And also you can, uh, you can Google um, Asian woman in aerospace and, avi in, and aviation, or mm -hmm. you can go to uh, awa2.org. Mm -hmm. And uh, the different opportunities for people who want to sponsor me or make donations to the organization, you can do it through the GoFundMe page. You can search mm -hmm. for Asian pilot. Uh, on GoFundMe and, mm -hmm. and you, you'll find me, or you can Great. also donate to our website. And we'll be linking to all of this as well and, you know, doing our whatever we can to help promote it. And, you know, I'm very excited to follow you in about a year as you're doing this journey and updating and have the little little map like at uh, Christmas Eve of where the world is, is Santa. It's going to be where in the world is Anthu as you're going along. So I'm so already much. excited for Thank it. Thank you but, so much. Um, you know, metaphorically landing the plane here. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you, you want to mention before we end the, the interview? I guess so we're always looking for volunteers and mm -hmm. uh, sponsors and donors.
So if anyone thinks that you could be a support to the organization in terms of technical abilities or marketing or, or, or any skill set that you have that you think is beneficial to our organization, I, I would appreciate you reaching out to us so that you could help us grow. And financially, obviously, we're looking for sponsors and donors and anything that we can get is going to mm -hmm. be uh, uh, beneficial for us uh, as uh, our, organization, our organization increases in numbers and opportunities for students. Perfect. And you had mentioned before kind of some of the sponsors and people that you already had supporting the organization. Um, I was wondering if you could just give an update on that of, of some of the, the companies and groups you're working with. Uh, yes. So we have a company called uh, Switlick. And they're providing mm -hmm. us all the gear, as in the, my vest and my mm -hmm. suit. And uh, I think I have to look at the, oh, we have Bose who's sponsoring mm -hmm. uh, uh, some equipment. And mm -hmm. we have you guys who are our mm -hmm. brand sponsor. And um, what are other sponsors? I'm sorry, I can't, I, I can't think of the mm -hmm. names right now. Uh, but yeah, we have a few more sponsors. Mm -hmm. No, nope, just are, wanted to get a sense of yeah. some of the companies you're working with. I think this is a great cause, and I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of companies in at least our industry that I think would be great, um, great, great folks to do that. So, well, Anthony Nguyen, thanks so much for coming on. This was very fun uh, to talk about your journey. I'm excited to continue to follow you and you know do our our small part to support you along the way. Thank you so much, Jim. Great. It's been an yep. honor. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story and to mm -hmm. share my mission to empower the next generation of Asian women. I get I get more excited just talking to you about it. So this is great. I, the inspiration thank is just you. oozes you so through much. you. So thank great. You so Thanks much. again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you in our comments or at lendingleaders at lfsoftwaresolutions.com. A very special thanks to Elena Gardner and Brian Rieger, who help produce our episodes each week. See you next time.